Ladies and gentlemen, get your popcorn ready, sit back, relax, because it's about time for chatting with George Noonan. Oh, yeah. Hey everybody, I'm here with my friend Brad from the Needless to Say podcast. I met them at the Rhode Island Comic Con a couple years ago. I was there, I I got a tip from a mutual friend, Christy Joy, who said you guys would get along great. So I stopped by, we talked, and the rest is history. Brad, how's it going? It's great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm not used to podcasting with a cup of coffee as opposed to 12 (laughs) beers. This This is kind of an odd feeling for me. Hopefully a good one. Now, the 12, oh, it's it's a great one. I haven't seen this this side of noon on a Saturday morning in quite some time because of how we spend it. We record on Friday nights, and you know if you could t- if you take four guys with Arrested Development and and you stick them in a garage on a Friday night with a case of beer, bad things happen. Yes, and 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 we call it a show, <laughs> and that's kind of how we go from there. But uh, we've been uh, following you very closely, and uh, I'm thrilled to be the representative for the four of us. Well, in all, in all honesty, you were probably the least offensive, so that's why you, I chose you. Well, I appreciate that, <laughs> and I'm, I'm for my fans, I'm going to have to work harder. <laughs> that's right. You're not doing your job, apparently. If you make, yeah. <laughs> if you make my show, you're not doing your job. <laughs> when we go offline, I'll make fun of your mom. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, I do, I, we're different. I do it online. That's fine. That's not a problem. Now, awesome. you're, you're, How long have you been doing your podcast? We started in 2017. We uh, let me give you a little backstory. We were basically a bunch of guys who hung out on a Friday night, sitting around the table talking anyway. And we started to notice that when we gave each other a little bit of space and we didn't talk over each other, which is a problem, I might add. But when we gave each other a little breathing room, uh, our conversations were often really good and really funny. You know, they they had a basis to them. We had a point to make, but at the same time, we could take shots at each other the entire time. And Craig, who is the founder of the show, looked at me one night. He's like, we should really do a podcast. He had just started listening to shows like Tell Him Steve, Dave. And I had a history of listening to old school morning radio like Opie and Anthony. And when they went away, I I felt like that vibe, there was a gap. And I I felt like we were a natural threesome to kind of take over that gap, or at least try to. Obviously, we haven't gotten quite that big. But it was certainly something we wanted to tackle. And, you know, now we have the pleasure of never having to say, what are you doing on Friday night? It's always either in my garage or at our buddy Dave's house. And we just sit around the table. We have a structure. But ultimately, we let the conversation go where it may. So that vibe is there. We just have microphones now. And how did you guys get through the pandemic? Did you you, you use Zoom? What, how did that work for you? Was it, it was, do you still do that now or are you back to the garage? 
we're back to the garage. We're uh, mostly vaxxed <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just a little bit too trusting probably the other way around. But mm. I, uh, no, we, we did Zoom and we tried a lot of different online platforms, but ultimately Craig being the technical wizard that he has figured out a way where we could record our audio separately and then send the files to him and we would sync them up. And so it would sound like mostly that we were in the same room. Uh, we got through it. Uh, don't get me wrong. Other than the random snow day, I don't really want to go back to that. There's something about looking somebody in the eye and getting their reaction and those those knee jerk jokes that we make. And if you listen to our show, you realize that a good portion of the comedy comes from the reactive moments where Craig will say something dumb and the three of us just pile on. We actually on our soundboard, we actually have like a boxing ring fight belt and we'll hit that when we we see an opportunity to pile on and absolutely emaciate a guy and uh, that's what we do you know emaciate's not the right word eviscerate again <laughs> it's, it's early for me george that's I mean, right give me a someone give me a beer <laughs> Craig, craig's, craig's over there isn't he we're working on this no he we we um we met in the comic-con and you you, right. you recorded the whole weekend and there was good stuff and it didn't work out quite as well as you hoped it would. George, I got to hand it to you. Uh, you know, we we always you know wake up in the cold sweats thinking about the seven and a half hours of audio we lost that weekend. But nobody has been more consistent of bringing it up to us <laughs> than you. And I thank you for that. Uh, yeah, we we got a little ambitious. I think we also got a little cocky, if I have to be honest with you. We had microphones set up uh, and we didn't bother to figure out the way to set up the microphones. We plugged them into a laptop instead of directly into the recorder. I don't want to get too deep into the technicals, but suffice it to say, the microphones were basically telling the computer to record everything around it. The ambient noise, all the background chatter and every and you know how loud those events can get in a big cavernous like a convention hall. And because of that, we lost seven hours of audio because everything was the same volume. So our voice was the same as the din and it was gone forever. And yeah, you, you made a memorable, memorable introduction to the show <laughs> that will have to live on in memory only. Yes, apparently so. Now I, I've also done a couple little spots on there for birthdays and roasts and all that stuff. And it's a lot of fun and I'm glad to have you on here. Now you yeah. had, you had, um, what were you going to say? Good. No, I know. I was just going to say, I'm thrilled because we don't get to do much of this. Craig nerds out. We have friends, uh, another Boston area podcast called the Nerd Entertainment Hub, and I'll, I'll drop a quick plug for them. Those guys, you know, there's a lot of pop culture and nerd type podcasts out there, but I've never seen one this human. Most of the time they get so deeply technical that they're unlistenable. These guys are still have fun with each other, and it's largely our vibe, but done through the lens of like a Star Wars, Star Trek fan. And Craig is a natural fit, so he goes on there a lot. But I'm this is the first time we've done a show where somebody has to represent the show. So again, I'm honored, man. I, I, I'm actually tickled pink right now. Appreciate it. That might be the alcohol from last night. Oh no, no doubt, no doubt. I woke up smiling, so that means it was a good evening. Now, how'd the show go last night? You taped, I assume. How long did you go for? Because you got, you guys have gone for two hours. You go for three. I've I've seen some long uh, podcasts. We record probably three and a half hours every week with the hopes of keeping the best hour and a half. Craig's pretty good at taking out some of the transition stuff. Sometimes there's a segment that just doesn't hit. We try to be consistently funny, not at the expense of a good conversation. 
And that's always been our, our, our vibe. Last night, it's funny that you mention it. Uh, it must have known that I was going to be talking to you. We had a horrendous evening last night. And uh, the jury's out on whether or not that'll see the light of day. It wasn't anything bad. We took some risks with some of our topics, and we kind of went into it knowing that it might not work out. And unfortunately, if I had my druthers, that thing, I wouldn't even bother with it. I'd just say, hey, we took a week off. <laughs> we, sometimes jokes just don't land, and that's kind of what happened. How many shows do you think uh, that have happened like that? Because like, you're right. I mean, you can't. You, go, you can't walk into a conversation thinking this is going to be gold. You want it to be, but let's be honest, you're doing it 52 times a year. One of them's going to be bad. How, is this the first one? No, early on between technical problems, uh, which was a big problem early on, we would record an entire episode. And then when we were exporting the file, it would just go delete. The machine would eat it and we'd lose three hours. One time we tried to recreate the show. We got an hour in and we realized we were trying to recapture lightning in a bottle. And that never works. So uh, it's happened more often than I like to admit. In terms of content, though, I think this is the first time in a long while that the content we chose to discuss was just was off. You know, it, again, it's not that we think we're God's gift to comedy. It's just that there is uh, that fun vibe of everybody hanging out and kind of just taking shots at each other. And we uh, we didn't really have it last night. Dave was away on vacation. I think the three, the remaining three of us were very tired. It is a four-man show now. So we thought, well, dude, it's just three of us again. We'll be fine. But the content we chose to talk about just wasn't there. So to answer your question, that was a very long answer to a very simple <laughs> question. Uh, not really a lot, but when it does, it's devastating. Okay, so what I, what I got out of that is Dave's the glue to the show. And that's exactly the point I didn't <laughs> want to make. We were debating, we were sitting around going, okay, uh, let's blame technical problems. Let's say there was a medical issue. Let's say something, anything to anything. make sure that Dave doesn't think he's the reason. Uh, no, what happened was because he was gone, we wanted to save some of our better topics for when all four of us were in the room. So we kind of have like an A list and a B list of, of themes. And so we chose from the B list, you know, we kind of went, uh, gorilla shopping for topics and we, we decided to go back a little bit and did dig back to some things that we tried in the past that failed and then we got a quick reminder of why they failed in the first place <laughs> so swing and a miss well that happens that happens <laughs> you, you did just celebrate your 200th episode yeah 200 200 consecutive weeks of doing this that's uh that's remarkable i mean i've been doing this just a little over a year but i go bi-weekly so it's a little little i'm not even at 50 i'm in the 30s right now 200 that's that's incredible now do you have sponsors do you look for sponsors do you not care about sponsors what what what's the deal on that Are you guys just hanging out and having fun who cares uh mostly who cares but i can tell you we did try like let's put it this way if a sponsor came calling say they saw us at comic-con and that's kind of why we did Comic-Con. You know, you're, you're wondering, we were the only podcast that had a booth there. We weren't the only podcast there. A lot of them were walking around doing interviews and things. Uh, we're the only one who paid the money for a booth, making us the only booth in the Comic-Con out of hundreds of booths to take a net loss. <laughs> Between the money we spent on the booth, the fact that we don't sell any merchandise, we don't sell, we spent more money to get, you know, maybe 50 listeners out of the whole thing. But we have such a good time meeting people that those 50 listeners we get are great. So, uh, what was the question again, George? I'm sorry, it's early. <laughs> the, the question was, how many beers does it take to get you up to speed? Uh, apparently, I'll tell you tonight. Uh, I'll check it. <laughs> TBD, right? To be determined. Yeah, now, yeah I. It's it's been a ride, man. I, I think that ultimately 
the Comic-Con thing is a lot of fun. We have to debate if we're doing it this year. Uh, between the limited attendance that's likely going to happen, I don't know if the cost to reward ratio is where we want it to be. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And you, But you did have some – did you guys talk to wrestlers, some of the wrestlers too or no? We didn't talk to wrestlers. We talked to uh, – and uh, because I'm on the air, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the gentleman from Guardians of the Galaxy, he was in The Walking – Michael Rooker. Okay. Michael Rooker was our big win and it was the best win because he came over to our booth and we weren't fishing for him. We just happened to be there with microphones. He was walking around with a microphone doing his live Instagram. And so like worlds collided and he was walking there with one shoe on and and he was sat. And so he put our podcast on his live Instagram, which had like 200,000 viewers at the time uh so we had a momentary just skyrocketing of traffic and then people listened to us and said no i don't like this and they went away <laughs> the ebbs and flows oh that's the question that's right i'm the sponsor question i'm so sorry it's okay um it, it, we would love to get a sponsor but you know i'm trying to portray myself very mature and polished here in reality what we do on the show is not really sponsor friendly uh, we do we do like cringe comedy. We like darker stuff. We're very foul mouth. This is not safe for anybody's work. I don't care if you work alone on a construction site or you dig graves for a living. It's still not safe for work. Uh, we we take some merciless shots at each other. I, it's all in good fun. There's nothing bad hearted about it. But there are some recurring themes on our show that sponsors might not like. Um, for example, me, I really like making fun of dead celebrities especially if those are celebrities that thought they were more famous or important than they actually were. Oh, do I love when they go down? Who, <laughs> who's, who's the, who's your favorite one to make fun of? You know, I, I've got to say, and this is really going to hurt a lot of people. I despise Anthony Bourdain and everything that man stood for. And I made some horrible, horrible jokes. You know, I won't even say them here. It's not appropriate for your show. But go, if you, like, throw a dart at any one of our episodes over the last two years, there's an Anthony Bourdain joke in there. I promise you that. Uh, I find him very arrogant. You know, when you have an unlimited budget and a motorcycle and a camera crew that, at the ready, it's real easy to look so aware. But the judginess that he had, the judgment he he portrayed through the camera, I can't believe you're not eating cow eyeballs in Kenya. What are you, <laughs> savages? You know, and then then he comes back to New York and he's eating at a greasy spoon Chinese place. And he makes you feel bad for not frequenting those places. And it, it, I, I saw him recently. I'm rewatching Top Chef with my wife because we're boring. And we're watching the top. And he was on a bunch of those episodes. And every one of them, I wanted to take a bat to my LG TV. I just wanted to like throw that thing out a window. He aggravates me and I'm not sad he's gone. Fair enough. I always found it weird <laughs> that as soon as people die, they become saints. I, I didn't like you alive. Why would I like you dead? I just, I never understood that concept where you just forget everything that happened. I mean, except, well, I, except for Hitler. The fans that, are the biggest problem. Yeah. And good call on that guy. <laughs> really well played there, George. I'm glad you mentioned him. <laughs> But I, I think the bigger issue is is not the people themselves. I think any celebrity who's had a modicum of fame and they've tasted it, obviously you're going to keep fighting for that taste. I see nothing wrong with that. I do see something wrong when like two-fifths of foreigner goes out and complains that they're not playing bigger venues. You know, or, or, or bands that had six hits over the course of 25 years 
are still going and they're complaining because members are either leaving or dying off and they want to know why nobody wants to buy their new album. <laughs> I don't, I didn't come here to see your new song. And when also when people die, it, suddenly everybody's a huge fan. I forget who it was. It was, it was some guy from the Dukes of Hazard or something like that, that hasn't been relevant since the Dukes of Hazard or whatever show he was on and all over Twitter memorials. This guy changed my life. I couldn't imagine a Friday night without him. you couldn't spell his name yesterday. <laughs> Don't tell me that you were such a tremendous fan. You know, even when Neil Peart of Rush and Neil Peart of Rush was a tremendous, tremendous person and musician. And I was sad when he when he passed. But at the same time, all these people coming out and go, I wasn't a big Rush fan, but I really loved him. And everybody just wants to latch on to death. And act like they were they were a little more aware than the next guy, and I find it obnoxious. Yeah, that can definitely be. I'm trying. I'm I'm interested in trying to think of the Dukes of Hazard guy that passed away. Yeah, I might not have been the Dukes of Hazard. I, I that's my default early '80s bad TV show. Oh, okay. I just kind of I, I I run to it. It, it might have been something like Barnaby Jones or <laughs> <laughs> something else that our parents enjoyed. I mean, I'm sure Uncle Jesse died. Uncle Jesse, he wasn't the same Uncle Jesse from Full House, was he? You know, that would have been a great crossover, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uncle Jesse, yay. Like that car that's on the, the Golden Gate Bridge in the beginning, like there's a gap in the bridge and they jump it. I think that would be great. I, I would love to see Dave Coulier driving the General Lee. Yes. Well, you couldn't because it's got the Confederate flag on it that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Watching Bob Saget try to slide into the car yeah. if the doors were welded <laughs> shut. <laughs> Have you ever seen Bob Saget and, and stand, do stand up or, or hear him? Oh, I have. I uh, the man made me uncomfortable, and I just described <laughs> what we do on our show. Right. It was such a it was the best in house joke ever. This guy who's the dirtiest comic out there hosting America's funniest videos in Full House. I mean, seriously, it was crazy. You know, Coulier had a blue streak in him too. Did he? Yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't as big of a stand up. He made his bones on Nickelodeon and then got the Full House gig. So he was always family friendly in people's eyes. But like any comedian, they try different things and they see what works. Bob Saget, though, I can't imagine that Danny Tanner was as filthy as he was. And I saw him. He made me uncomfortable. I won't get into what he discussed, but I mean, I think the obvious joke is there. He made the uh, the jokes about the twins. Okay, and that made me uncomfortable. There, there's some lines you don't cross, <laughs> and that's coming from me. I, I, I can't support that. But honestly, he won the crowd over. I'll give him credit. He brought a guitar and everything. The guy was unbelievable. He really brought a guitar. Yeah, he had a guitar out for a, a short piece of his uh, set. He didn't do a long, long set. It was with the Traveling Virus Comedy Tour, which was an Opie and Anthony thing. And he was out there with Patrice O'Neill and Bob Kelly and some really just tremendous, tremendous comedians. And uh, he came out and did his thing. And the crowd booed him at first. And then they saw where he was going. And once you realize he's doing shtick and it's a character, it's almost like an Andy Kaufman thing for him. Like he's so in, in you know, he intends to let the audience know that I'm not Danny Tanner. But he goes so far in the other direction that it almost becomes like an Andy Kaufman character thing. Hmm. No, the virus tour is for me. It'll it always represents. I always think of Bill Burr in Philadelphia, yes. in Philadelphia, and Bob Saget was there as well at that at that time. And just for those who don't know, Bill Burr, everybody was bombing. Everybody was having a hard time. It was a Philly crowd, so he goes out there and said, "Screw it, I'm just dumping." It. He tried a couple jokes, and they didn't work. So he just said, "Screw it, I'm going to make fun of 
every single one of you people, and he eventually yeah. won them over. But the the comedians loved it the most because I, I someone said I, I listened to it on YouTube, a bunch of stuff, and someone said I think it was Saget said he came back. It was, oh, I can't believe that happened. And he's like, dude, you are epic. You just did the most incredible thing ever. Like, you are our hero. And he, yeah. he just trashed them all. It was great. It, it was funny. At first, it was hard to watch because Bill Burr is normally very composed. He, he controls himself. He'll go into his fits of rage, but they're all organized strikes. And so when he went off in Philadelphia, I was like, oh, the guy's having a bad night. And But the crowd really turned on him. I have never seen a guy so persistent that he won them over. And, and he, he you, what's the old joke? Know the room. Read the room. Yeah, right? know your audience. Yeah. When you're in Philadelphia and you got a rowdy crowd, be rowdier. And he did. And he, he owned it. And, you know, it, had that not worked, I don't know if we're talking about Bill Burr today. That's a good point. He's, maybe he wouldn't be in The Mandalorian. What do you think about that? I think he played Bill Burr real well. He did. <laughs> if you got, if you needed a guy from Brockton in a galaxy far, far away, I, I, I think he fit the bill. There was nobody better. <laughs> Do you know what his response to that was? No, what? <laughs> he goes, you're talking about a, a show that has Wookiee as a language. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, you're going to pick up my Boston accent when people are talking like a Wookiee and a droids? And it, 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 just, it was a good point. People, be- You know, it, Star Wars is crazy. You never think about that. They've always found a way to like make everybody's differences just seem accepted and common. I've always enjoyed that about Star Wars. But you know, after looking at a combination of humans, puppets, and CG creatures interacting like it's nothing, yet he comes in and he sounds like he's from South Boston, <laughs> and that sets the internet ablaze. It really did. <laughs> it really did. That was so funny. He's like, seriously. That was great. I enjoyed him though because I think there's a there's a smarmy side to him that worked really well in Breaking Bad too, and I think it worked here for the character. I love the Mandalorian, and I thought uh, Bill Burr was a positive addition to it for sure. Yeah, I thought. What do you think about the Gina Carano thing? I I try not to. I didn't think she was that good. Uh, I'll give it. I'll give her this. She's she's standing behind what she said. I don't necessarily agree with it. Disagree with it. It's not really for me to have an opinion on her opinion. But I, you know, when somebody loses their job and they've threatened you and say you're going to lose your job, maybe you you muzzle yourself a little bit on Twitter. I'm all for having your convictions and not censoring yourself. But when you've got a, a seven figure contract with Disney on arguably the biggest cable TV show, maybe you just say I'll get off Twitter for a while, have your opinions and keep them to yourself. I, I don't know. I'm a pragmatic guy. I don't falter for having those opinions, but I'm kind of upset that the show has to be altered now. Right. Because Disney wasn't going to back down, nor were their lawyers. So I I don't think she's the brightest bulb, but she did what she did and she stands behind it. So who am I to say otherwise? You're you're one fourth of the Needless to Say podcast. That's who you are. Yeah. And I'm the only one on the show who knows the word pragmatic. That's true. You're the only one one on this show that knows it too, actually. I thought you were pregnant for a second. I was like, wait a second, what? I just look it. We all kind of look it, thanks to these <laughs> Friday nights. <laughs> now, you had four. Now, you had three for a while. First of all, why wasn't I the fourth member? And second of all, how did you come to the conclusion that Matt, oh, is I not supposed to say his name? No, you can say Matt. Matt. That's there. Okay. Yeah. How- uh, we started out, it was me, Craig, and, and Mike, who was Craig's best friend. So they were like brothers. They, you know, to call them best friends is is downplaying it. They're brothers. 
they grew up together. They, they spent every waking minute together, at least they did at the time. And we, you know, we just said, okay, we're doing this. Let's keep doing it. And then we invited, it's Craig's brother-in-law's Dave. And we said, no, why don't you come down and hang out? And he's like, yeah, I just want to hang out and have a couple of beers and watch you guys do your thing. And me and Craig already knew uh, there's going to be a microphone in front of you and you're <laughs> going to, and turns out Dave is a natural. He speaks to people for a living. So that always helped, but he's got a sharp wit and he's, he's got a good depth of knowledge and he's got a broad range of interests. So he really fit in well with what we were trying to do. At the same time, Mike was starting to phase himself out of the show a bit. He just, it wasn't really for him. I, I think when we started, he just wanted it to be us hanging out. And when we started structuring things a bit, it might've made it seem more like work than he was comfortable with. And that was his prerogative. Still, you know, he's still our brother. Uh, but Dave came at the perfect time. Then Matt just recently, I'd say within the last year, started hanging out with us. And it was the same thing. You put a microphone in front of him and the kid's an absolute natural. He's a little younger than us. So he brings that perspective in. He's got this frantic energy. Uh, so sometimes when things get a little laconic, we just say the right trigger word and he goes off and we have a lot of fun with it. It's like, it's like setting like a Shih Tzu free in the park. It's he just goes nuts. Uh, no, it, we I think we finally found the chemistry we were looking for regarding George and why George <laughs> isn't the fourth member. Uh, you have to get in line. There's somebody else from the area that wanted to be on it first, but really, it's you haven't captured it by now. Other than me, everybody's really just family, yeah. And and but they're a family that all hangs out together, whether we were doing this or not. I'm just, I'm the wild card. I'm surprised they haven't fired me yet. Maybe after this interview, they will. I don't know. <laughs> you're, audi you're auditioning for this show. You don't even know it. <laughs> Chatting with Brad and George, I'm in. <laughs> well, George I'm and in. Brad, but whatever, yeah. I, I'm in. I, I, you know, I meant to tell you, I, you changed your intro music a while back. I wanted to compliment you. The original intro music was awesome. If I'm trying to buy like antidepressants, and it, <laughs> it, it, you had that great. No, it was honestly, it was very soothing music. So you went to something a little funkier. And but I, I was hoping to talk about the the cover art for the show. Oh, jeez, we, we, you didn't have you, enough of that before. No, no, I, but I've never done it on the air. I, I really, I wanted to talk about, did you find that picture on like a, like a clock at a flea market that was made out of a piece of driftwood? And did it have like a, a nice Christian devotional written on it? Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I don't. Uh, I don't I've been waiting two years to make that joke and you've only had the show for one. You made that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did make the joke. You made fun of it when I, when I wrote, uh, did a birthday thing or roasted something. I forget what it was. But you, you guys, oh, you guys, right. yeah, you guys talked about it. But, but that I, right. but uh, to, to answer honestly, because I want to talk about the music too. I actually took that picture. That's that was at my grandmother's. I was in the. Oh, no yeah, I was in the ocean. I mean, I know they all look the same. That's but that's what it looks like. So I can see what it's actually a compliment that you thought I ripped it off from somebody, because I took that one personally and. Um, it's a great shot. I mean, it reminds me of all my religious head in the church basement. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's cliche, but I just didn't. I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know what it was going to be. I wanted it to appeal to everybody. I didn't want to have caricatures of you know four ugly guys on on a <laughs> with headphones on. I'm sorry. Is that yours? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I, it's fine. Believe me, if you saw our real faces, you'd prefer the cartoons every time. We went with the caricature to protect our identity. Um, your listeners will know that they're you're not seeing my last name we're trying our best we're not doing a great job of it thanks to facebook and tagging right but we're trying to keep our last names out of it uh craig owns his own business and matt's pretty secure that this type of content wouldn't uh get him in trouble but dave and i work for bigger corporations 
And I do get concerned that if it ever got to the wrong people in, in our companies, that they might, you know, say, hey, this is not on brand for us. Or you can't represent us and this. And so we're just we're trying to be extra cautious. I think I, we never use last names. Uh, we never mention our company names. We don't even really dive too deeply into what we do for a living. We kind of want to be these these characters and and not that we're making anything up it's 100 percent us but we like the idea that people don't know who we are and just by living through our weeks in review which is a huge component of our show they're they're learning about us slowly but i don't want people to go on social media and track us down you know i'm sure you can you could find us if you look but uh i i'm not somebody who's comfortable being that exposed so i'll stick with the cartoon picture thank you very much sunset man <laughs> sunset man that's great i know it was such a i just didn't know what to put there but the the music was the reason i didn't really like that music either but it was the best one available for free and uh that's what it was there was like five or six options i had they all sucked and then i talked to my i was thinking about putting the, the money in for uh some actual song that people knew but then i listened to my uncle who was a dj maybe is still and he puts all these mixes together i'm like i should ask my uncle to do it he he, he did the book Dirty Old Boston. If you've ever heard of that, it's a Facebook page. It's a coffee table book. It's it's pretty big locally. That's awesome. And, That's awesome. And the music's good. And I think it's more fitting of the conversation. It's a little more upbeat and everything. And this really is an upbeat show. I love the way, again, I, I love the people you talk to. I want to hang out with Tom Grady. <laughs> who doesn't? I, who doesn't? Exactly. I, I just, I find that the, the conversations you have with friends and locals. I find it tremendous, and I think it's more representative that music. You know that we can work on the sunset picture. That original music, <laughs> honestly, I saw a mom and daughter walking down the beach with seagulls following them, talking about oh. Tampax. <laughs> well, it's, it's, well, I'm trying to get them as a sponsor. How how better to do it than that? That's how I see it. Uh, honestly, it's a recession-proof industry. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> They're not going anywhere, go right? Yeah, exactly. You lose a couple here, you gain a couple there. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's always a steady number. No, I did have a fun time with that. I actually, if you listen to the my episode of the bo- the bonus, needless to say, I'm going off of that of, of you guys making fun of my. Oh, I remember that well. <laughs> I was like, oh, G- George is here to plank. All right. Very excited. I said, oh, we got a compadre now. This is going to be good. Yeah, that was You're so definitely going to have to get the other guys on. You should totally get them on at some point. Do I have to have Craig on? Ugh, I don't even like the guy. No, who does? I don't like them. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I, I, we call it organized tolerance. <laughs> For Friday, he shows up. He makes my kids a little bit dumber, and then we, he goes home. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They're all, they're all a bunch of good, uh, good guys. Now, now, Craig handles all the... Uh, the techniques, the technique, the, the the technical aspect, correct? We have a running joke on the show that Craig is dumb, and the irony of that joke is that he's so far from dumb as you. He might be one of the most intelligent people. He doesn't always come across that way, but I assure you, Craig is one of the smartest people I know. And when he went out and bought this equipment, when he said, let's do a podcast, we started out like everybody did with one of those Yeti mics and we stuck it in the middle of the table and we all leaned in a little bit. (laughs) And we said, no, this will be good enough. It's just voices, right? Craig went out and quietly behind our backs and his wife's back, and she handles all the money in the family. This was not a small maneuver. But Craig went out and bought all this higher end equipment it's not like top of the line like joe rogan's using but it was much higher than a podcast like ours warranted 
Then he bought a soundboard and they, you know, on one thing on top of another, and he learned how to make the podcast sound as professional as possible. And so he is a technical wizard. And if we need something done, what would take the rest of us four hours in, in documentation and trial and error, he does it in five minutes. The guy just understands the software. He knows how to fade sounds in. He, he gets all our voices sounding good, even though the words coming out of our mouth are horrendous. <laughs> uh, the, the, at least we sound good doing it. That's <laughs> right. And I also like when you do a thing where you, in the beginning, you do half, you start the music, or you, somebody talks, somebody's talking about what's coming up or whatever, and then you say, hit the music, like Rick Rude used to do, kind of, that's how I think of it anyways. And then yeah. you, you splice, he splices sound bites with the music. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I would love to say that was an original idea. I believe Tell Him Steve Dave, which is, that was the inspiration for oh. our show, or at least for Craig. Um, that format, that's what he wanted to do, recreate that vibe. And they do that in the beginning. He, we like to take the best one-liners of the show, but Craig will get crafty with it because sometimes he doesn't want to give away the best joke up front, so he'll do something that is more, hmm, and he get, it may, might raise an eyebrow or two. If we can get that and get people to listen in, it's really just kind of like chum in the waters to get people to listen all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I hate when I watch a movie trailer and they give you the best part right away. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, there are times where I'm like, this was not my best joke of the evening. <laughs> well, and and we will get a little upset with him, but he likes that. He, last night, I mean, in an episode that will probably never air, he made a, a whole segment purposely just to get us mad at him. <laughs> and, it, and spoiler alert, it worked. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, I mean, he didn't need to try. We get mad at him constantly. Yeah, really, just show up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um full disclosure, I, you and I talked for about five, ten minutes before I hit the record button, so we started over, but I don't remember if you mentioned the Opie and Anthony show, the Howard Stern, the Bennington's be on this one or the one prior. Yeah, we can be redundant about it because it really is the nature of what we do. Um I was an Opie and Anthony fanatic. Uh, you know, there was actually a sound bite they had in the beginning of their intro which was Anthony Cumia saying, I can't believe we get to hang out with our friends and get paid for it. <laughs> and that's really the vibe I loved. It was like when I was in the car back when I worked in offices, like, you know, a savage, you know, I didn't work at home like I do now. Right. I, uh, <laughs> kidding everyone. <laughs> uh, there, I love the fact that I felt like I was hanging out with my friends and they would bring, you know, comedians like Rich Voss and Bob Kelly and Patrice O'Neill. And those guys would come in and they would just hang out and they didn't have a topic, maybe a headline, something big that can't happen the night before. But that vibe was amazing. They could go three hours on nothing. They did the Gordon Lightfoot's The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Anthony was making fun of the lyrics for that for an hour and a half. It's worth hunting down on YouTube. You know, regardless of his politics, whether or not you agree with them, Anthony Cooley is a funny man. And what he did with that, so I, I, I was, I had to pull over the car. <laughs> I was, I was late to work that day because they, they were going off on nothing, and I, that's what we tried to recreate. So yeah, I, again, I don't know if there was a question in there, but I just answered it twice. <laughs> Why not? No, you're right. Anthony is. Uh, I forget who said it, but they call him the best comedian that doesn't do stand up. He's. It might have been Rogan who said that because he's done the show a bunch of times too. I, I think he's one of the top five funniest people on earth. He can take, first of all, he does these great impressions. He does a Vince McMahon impression that's unbelievable. 
And of course, it is Andrew Dice Clay too. You'd think he was like watching the seat. Oh, I was trying to do the Goodfellas with um, Debbie Mazar was saying about the guy who did Sammy Davis Jr. or whatever. You'd think you were looking at the real person. And Joe Pesci goes, what? Uh, <laughs> I, I, when he act, you know, gets into the Italian thing, he does the Sopranos all the time. The guy's just immensely talented. I, the politics I can do without. Again, I don't. No matter where you land on what side of the fence, I don't just. I don't need to hear about it. You know, you, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and that's that. But Anthony, uh, he's built a brand. You know, for better or for worse, it killed Opie and Anthony. From what I'm gathering, they just hated each other for two thirds of their run together, and it's a shame. But when they were on and they had their friends in, that that, that was the inspiration. And so I'm glad we we're getting a chance to do it. I really am. We're all in our mid forties. Matt's a little younger. Uh, we don't have a whole hell of a lot of time before it just starts looking sad and pathetic. <laughs> so we're we're going to enjoy this while we can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but now I used to listen to Opie and Anthony as well, and they would have after them Ron and Fez. You mentioned Ron Bennington, and Ron Bennington, I thought was one of the. It took me a while to get used to him and Fez. Yeah. But one, it just hit me one day where I'm like, wow, I really like these guys. It was one of those things where, and it was the stupidest thing ever. They were talking about, n- again, nothing. And then it was all of a sudden, it was like, hey, Fezzy, who'd win in a fight, a giraffe or a hippo? It's like, what? What? <laughs> like, what? what? Why? Or, or if you're talking about, you know, some club that you belong to, you're like, oh, man, I could really go for a club sandwich right now. Like, just, just it's these stupid things. But they, you, once you get used to it, it's the funniest thing you've it's. He was actually supposed to be not supposed to be. They talk. He talked with Anthony about going together as a yeah. sh- as a show, and and I don't know if they did the right thing or not because I was hoping that would come about, but it didn't. Would do you think that would have been too too much together? Like I think it would, you would, you would have had two alphas in the room. Is that yeah? See, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, but. and Ron, he's the rudder of whatever show he's on. He did something with his sister for a while, and then he, they don't talk he, about I, that. I, well, okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I love it. I love it. Um, I think they, they probably wouldn't have worked out together because Anthony had kind of already made up his mind. He was going to go do his own thing. And, and God bless him. He's doing a good job. He's got a whole media company now. You know, they're, they're what, nine shows on there now? It's crazy. Compound media. And Bennington, I, I think he wanted to stay exactly where he was. He was very happy doing Ron Bennington. Shame what happened with Fez. I don't know what's up with Fez. I don't listen to Bennington anymore. I decided that I'm just not doing the Sirius XM thing anymore. But uh, Fez, it was kind of sad. But there were episodes where you didn't know he was on. And, and then out of nowhere, Fez would talk. Yeah. And we're an hour ten into the show. And we didn't even realize he was there. Right, right. I remember, you know, so, I remember those. It's strange, strange vibe. But you know what? You'll never forget it. They, they had their own thing, you know? Yeah. Ari Lang had that problem, too. He, he couldn't work anywhere. He even tried to work with Anthony. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, Artie Lang, he chatted with Nick DiPaolo. That, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. That's all right. Early. Get my beer. That's tragic as well. I think I think the Artie and Fez show would do pretty well. I don't know who would run it, but I'd listen. That's a t- tough call. I, you know, I don't know. Artie Lang is a tough sell for me right now. He's a lot like, um, what's his name, Bam Margera. 
Yes. Every time, every time you hear that they're doing better, you're rooting for them. Mm -hmm. I I have no ill will towards anybody, regardless of my dead celebrity rant from earlier. Except Anthony Bourdain. But I I, want to see Bam Margera get better. It bothers me that he's not in the new Jackass movie. I want to see Artie Lang get better. I'm not a huge fan of his. But you want to see a guy? No, I don't find him that funny. He, he does what he does, and I think he was a great addition to the Stern Show when he was on. But I, I, I've seen his stand-up alone, and it didn't really do anything for me. And yes, I do remember now that he did that stuff with Anthony, and I watched a bit of that. There was It, it wasn't that memorable to me. I, I, I just I hope he gets better, because I'm tired of these guys getting better and then falling back, falling back. Don't surround yourself with the same people and expect different results. It's the definition of insanity. Exactly. I once drove to... Mohegan Sun and got all the way to the ticket booth to pick up my Artie Lang tickets only to see that he canceled that day to go back to rehab. So basically I drove to Mohegan Sun for a cheeseburger from um, the Hard Rock. (laughs) That's basically what my day ended up being. Did you go to Mohegan Sun or 1988? (laughs) It was Mohegan Sun in 1988. (laughs) That's how that works. (laughs) <laughs> was there not a planet Hollywood available? No, it was. Well, no, the, the thing being, it was, it was in the Mohegan Sun where I was going inside that lunch there. I didn't really go there. <laughs> That's something Craig would do, obviously. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I've had one meal in a hard rocket. I went in there for the T-shirt. Remember when everybody and their mother had to have one? Yes. And if you, and if you were really cool, you'd get one that said, like, London. And it was it was like having a stamp on your passport. Right. You told the world just how well traveled you were. Yes. Then I ate there, and I realized, God, <laughs> if I never see the inside of one of these crapples again, I'm trying not to swear. I was going to say I noticed that it hurt. He listened to that. I really I, I noticed the effort right away. I, I I struggled with that one, but you run such a nice, pleasant show. I don't want to sully it. People swear on my show. I know they have, but it's always been. I, I'm afraid that it's like pulling a cork out. If I start, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate that, but yes, there are very many crap holes out there. Yes, a, a crap hole like that. I don't want to see the All Star Cafe. You know, any theme restaurant where I I have a burger that's named after one of the owners or some famous athlete, I'm not interested. You I'm know, not interested in the Jimi Hendrix hot fries. <laughs> what about the Schwarzenegger <laughs> Swiss burger? That's probably in Hollywood, oh. no? <laughs> Nothing like a nice Austrian burger you, covered in Swiss cheese. Come on. <laughs> so I, 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 went to, I think I've been to like three Planet Hollywoods. I was there at, are th- there are three. Well, there was. Well, we're back in 1988, Brad. I'm, re- I'm the tra- the travel machine's taking me way back now. When I made the, when I made the crap hole tour, that's why I, I have my own T-shirts. The crap hole tour, Planet Hollywood, All Star, and uh, the Hot Rock, and any other I can think of. Well, I, you, while, while you're back there, can you grab me a few of those AOL discs? <laughs> I'm running low on my 500 free hours. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the the phone thing with the connect. Oh, it's terrible. Yes, no, that's. <laughs> You've got mail. That You've was exciting back then. Now I'm screaming when I get it. Yes, like, I don't want stop. It. Keep your mail. <laughs> Keep your crap. Your crap hole mail. <laughs> oh God, are you going to name this episode the Crap Hole with Brad? You know what? I am now. I was wondering. I was wondering. Hey, hey. Now that we talk about that, can I? Um, I always have to have a picture for Instagram. Like I can just put up the soundbite for this. But can I use your logo? Or do you want to send me a picture? I'll go with the show logo. Okay. Cool. 
Very good. We'll take or you want my? You, you can take my caricature if you want it. Well, no, I'll do. I'll do the whole show. It's fine. It's a. It's a show about the show. So we'll do that. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to promote here. I need <laughs> everybody in your listener group to come check us out. And I uh, realize I, we're a lot funnier when I, I tr- don't restrain my language. <laughs> That's right. I feel like I'm holding you back, Brad. I, I need to let no, you go. No, I, I want to prove that I can still do this. <laughs> I want to prove that I can have a conversation without calling somebody, you know, something related to genitalia. <laughs> I, I do it a lot on every Friday night. And it's cathartic on Friday night. On Saturday morning, you're like, you know, you're better than that. It's, it's wholesome. Yeah. You're starting over. Uh, well, I'm just, I, I, I realized that again, you know, not to harp on it, but we're, we're getting older. After a while, it stops being like guys hanging out in the garage and it starts being old men hanging out in the garage. <laughs> it's even you, know, it, and, you know, I have a little more snow on the roof every year and a little less roof. <laughs> and it's getting really hard to be playful and childlike yes. as I enter the second half of my 40s, you know, right. it's a little, little much. You know what you should do, Brad, when you wake up on Saturday morning, if you really want to cleanse, you can just take a look at my picture and just my 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 artwork, my, what is it, my show picture, and just a little, little douching, you know what I mean, a little douching of the Friday night. That's all. <laughs> It'll just cleanse you right out. It'll be nice and refreshing, nice salt. Yeah, I say I say a couple novenas. I, yeah, I light a I light a candle. Exactly. I bought at Aldi's. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it's 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 that's what I do. That's my true reason for having that picture. I didn't take that picture. That wasn't that's that was straight off of uh, footprints. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was carrying you. <laughs> Whoa! Plot twist. <laughs> I love the Shyamalan ending. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, now what's uh, that? Next week, you, this is going to air two weeks from today. Or this week from Monday, I should say. Um, no, actually, it's going to air this Monday. No, a week from Monday. I'm sorry, a week from Monday. I forgot today was Saturday. How many more permutations do you want to do here? George? Six, just six. Okay, I'll, just six. I'll be here. Okay, <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm ready. I'm, I'm tongue tied. You know what? Your lack of swearing has thrown me off. I'm a little. I don't know if this is the real Brad or you sent Craig over to double. I have no idea. No, I honestly, again, I try to read the room and your room. Yeah, you've had people swear on there before, and I, it's just when we get going, it's like picking a scab, and we start piling <laughs> on. Now you, you you don't swear much. Uh, you don't drink either. I, this is something that we we've made beer like like the fifth member of the show. <laughs> Hey, you know, and it's not that we get drunk. It's just it, it, it's almost like we're celebrating the end of a work week. Yeah. And together. And it, we couldn't imagine doing we've tried early on doing a few like Sunday morning episodes with cups of coffee. And by an hour in, it's like 1045 in the morning. We're cracking beer because <laughs> it just doesn't. Sit. Again, how did the show start? Us sitting around the table on a Friday night. Yeah. Breaking balls. There you go. Uh, you know, absolutely destroying each other. and. Uh, I couldn't imagine doing it with with coffee or, or spring water. It just doesn't seem right to me. Oh, you go but more work. power to those. Yeah, and the, the swearing kind of comes with it. I, I've got coffee now, and I feel like I want to embrace the day. <laughs> and if and if I can't, fuck it. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> there, there. Thank you. Now, I, now you've loosened me up. Thank you. <clears throat> But it's funny. Actually, I want to. I, I want to surprise your listeners if they go check out our show. Like, what? That's the same guy. What did he say? <laughs> what? What? What did he say about Chester Bennington? And is that even humanly possible? I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't bend that. Oh my lord! Jeez. Uh, but it's, you mentioned Tom Grady earlier. He's a bear 
connoisseur as well. He comes here. He well, he's came here before, and he did his first podcast I did with him. He, we did it in the garage, and he it was like ten in the morning as well, and, and he brought some IPA or Russian beer or something. He's a he's a he doesn't drink the regular beers. He drinks the domestics, I guess. I don't know. But that's he, my vibe. That's my vibe. I like beers that are they come in tall four packs for obnoxious costs, <laughs> and then they they all have really cutesy playful names. I like those a lot, but I'm also a diabetic, so I have to watch my beer consumption. So I'm back on those seltzers now. Oh, because they're low, they're zero sugar, low carb, and yeah, that that takes a little steam out of my Friday night too, because <laughs> these guys are cracking really good beers, and I'm sitting there going, check this out, it's pomegranate. <laughs> It's White Claw Plus. Oh, we don't do the White Claws. Come on, you got to catch up. But there was one I had, the, the flavor. They're like, Brad, what are you drinking? You seem to enjoy it. I'm like, it's pear elderflower. <laughs> and then, but, but I felt the need to like grab myself and call a motherfucker because <laughs> he was mocking me. <laughs> but I'm sitting there with a skinny can, white and green, and it says pear elderflower. Oh. I'm like, yeah, I've crossed the line. Yeah. It, for the record, it was tasty as hell. <laughs> but side note for all you, for all you sponsors out there I'll still drink those it things, don't, don't sleep on those things they're, they're 5% alcohol that's not a lot in craft beer terms but if you're hanging out all night they'll hit you they'll hit you they're little time bombs those they're little elderflower time bombs elderflower <laughs> I thought you'd go for like the youthful flower I don't know why you have to go with the that's, you're, you're getting older that's why see you're, you're maturing you want to know what's the stages of grief? This is acceptance. It's, <laughs> there it is, right? What's after that? I think I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's what kind of is that a is there a brand for that or is that really what it's just called? No, it's uh that one I think is called Bon and Viv Spike Seltzer. I don't know who Bon or Viv are. If those are people or if it's supposed to be a play on French, I don't know. But it's. Uh, they they come in the tall skinny cans, but actually a lot of the craft breweries between here and Boston are doing uh, their own seltzers, and they're quite good to the point where I'm not as embarrassed drinking them. The starters they they don't put them in the skinny cans. That's close, and um, and that's not meant to be disrespectful to anything, or you know, it's just not something I feel comfortable holding. It just they, they feel weird to me. Uh, so it was nice to have them in real cans and everything. I, honestly, I I accept my fate. I can have a few beers, but if I wake up in the morning and I look like I got hit by a truck, who's that helping? I got two kids. <laughs> Drink the seltzer and shut it up, Brad. You're a diabetic because you're the pig who ate the way you did for 20 years. That's that's what I tell myself in the mirror every morning. This is my fault. Don't complain now. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the fact that you enjoy real cans in your hands. That's good. That's Thank good you. Thanks. Now that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Brad likes real cans in his hand. Real cans in his hands. A discussion with Brad from Needless to Say. <laughs> in, in, a, in a crap hole garage. In a crap hole garage. Well, that's right. I do this in my garage. I, I could be easily anywhere. I just decided I want to, even if I'm alone, I like the atmosphere. It's kind of like my uh, Friday night, except I'm drinking V8 sparkling energy. So I don't know who you want to make fun of, me or your elderberries, but that's is quite... It is sparkling tomato juice uh, no 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 it's energy drink it's not the tomato juice it's uh they have different flavors they have orange pineapple i'm drinking lemon lime now and this show is getting more ridiculous as we speak let's let's talk about well, boobs and beers how about that 
absolutely but you know any chance i get to plug a, a nice energy drink i like to do it when you when you can't handle monster energy anymore <laughs> the v8's there like a warm shoe uh, a warm cozy shoe <laughs> exactly with no socks <laughs> all right ask me something that gets edgy and offensive go ahead i want to see what else you have on your list all right well i don't have a list i told you i don't have a list full disclosure i really thought you were telling me that to put me a no. At ease. No. Nope. I didn't I didn't think you were flying blind with that. I fly blind with everything. I, I, I don't put any preparation in. I don't edit anything. I don't I just let it go. Like and that's when I know it's over. Like if we're sitting there going, All right, uh hot enough out there for you, that's when I know it's over. You know, but if you're if you're gonna go off on a tangent, I'm gonna let you go and there's gotta be somewhere to go after that. Like we started off with, uh, I forget what we started off with, me me not hitting the record button probably, but now we're talking about Dingleberries, for some reason, that you drink dingleberries on a Friday night. I mean, I think that's fantastic. That that's what it is. Here comes another train, so that's good too. I get to, we love to hear the train. Can you hear that from it? No, I didn't. I don't hear it. You will. You will. Uh, but I do hear the reason that I don't feel comfortable swearing on your show. It's because you just use the word dingleberries. <laughs> <laughs> what, is it dingle or dinkle? I never knew. You know, it depends what region in Germany. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I'm I'm left. I think I don't know. But no, it's 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 just I just that's what I want it to be a conversation. I don't have uh, any kind of cliff notes. I have something. I'm just better at reading. You say know your audience. I'm better at reading the conversation. Like I'm not. Sure. Gonna, I will forget if we because st- I talked about. I'll give you an example for today. I said I want to. I'm editing myself right now. You hear that? Oh, I heard that. Yeah, Jeez. that's the trend. This guy. This guy's. This guy's awesome. Okay. There's nobody. He's right behind my garage, or he will be. He'll Sunday mornings. He'll sit on the horn the whole way. Like, listen, if I'm up this early, you're up this early. I don't give a crap because it's just there's nobody. There's no reason to honk your horn right there because there's nothing. It's all just straight away. There's no intersections. There's no. There's no nothing to worry about. But he does it all the time. It's 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 funny. I jump on the. Wow. When you bought this house or rented this apartment, how was the description? They say nice, quiet neighborhood. Quiet, mostly. quiet neighborhood. No train. <laughs> I couldn't imagine living there. I, you know, I I grew up on Long Island. We had the Long Island Railroad, which splits the island in half. Literally, it's just a straight shot. And when you're riding it, you, they, you slow up approaching certain stations, and you see right into people's backyards. Really? And there's like you see their pools, and you see them sunbathing. I'm like, I could not possibly imagine jumping out there with my gut hanging out in my pool and then an entire train of people heading to the city staring at me at my absolute <laughs> worst and most vulnerable i couldn't imagine saying this is the house i'm gonna buy that's the one i hope he's and included you, oh <laughs> my goodness you know like every now and then my backyard gets a little messy i've got two kids sometimes you take things so they don't appear in the front of the house these people did the same thing but they kept it off their street but they had no problem showing it to commuters from like nine to noon every morning. <laughs> but in all honesty, I don't even notice the train. It's funny because when I'm inside, I don't, I don't really hear it. You hear it, but it's just something you just, it's like I went out with this girl from Winthrop and she lived by the airport. And the first time I was like, what in the world? How do you live? She's like, what? I'm like, you don't hear that airplane going over your head? It's like, no, they don't hear it anymore. It's crazy. And I, I, I what? It was like that scene in Cheers. Do you remember when Carla finally bought her own house? 
Yes. She, yeah, and it, it was great. Everything was good. She she, she had it exercised or whatever. And the, she's like, what could possibly be wrong with this house? And it was at the very end of Logan's Landing Strip. <laughs> Cheers was my all-time <laughs> favorite show. No kidding. We could talk about that for another hour. But, it's also my favorite show of all time. All right. Are you Woody or Coach? You know, this is unpopular, but watching, I rewatched it recently, and I watched Coach at the end. And it was really hard to watch him fade. Yeah. So, And I think Woody brought some good energy. But I'll say this. I think the show got better after Diane left. But I like the Woody-Diane dynamic better than the Coach-Diane dynamic. I agree, 100%. I think the writing got better. with Coach Coach was great, but Woody brought a whole new thing to it. It would have been awesome to see them both. But, of course, they probably wouldn't both be there. You don't need Woody if you have Coach. Yeah, he's buried right near here. Nick Colasanto is buried like probably 10 miles from here. Is that right? Yeah, he's uh, he's from Providence. He was in Raging Bull. Oh, yeah, and then that's it. Talk about lightning in a bottle. That's a term I've used a few times today already. But honestly, when they found him, yeah, it's like the role was written for him. <laughs> he wasn't an accomplished actor. He was a very minimal. His IMDb page wasn't even scroll worthy. <laughs> But it, he he nailed it for coach. It's just a very sad though to watch him watch him fade at the end. It kind of it hurt because he was missing episodes. They would write him out of certain episodes. You could tell he wasn't feeling well. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite Nicholas my coach uh, episode was the Harry Anderson episode where they played poker and yes. coach was given the job of tipping him off if he had a good hand by doing the nose. And he's like Sam, did you see that? Or Harry, did you see that? I scratched my nose. Yes, coach. Yep. It, that, I'm doing it no justice, of course, but that is my, my, if I had to pick one coach episode, that's the one. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think back to my favorite episodes in general. I don't, I didn't love the episodes when uh, Rebecca first came in and they were all in uniform and they changed the bar up and everything. I didn't love those where Sam was fighting for his job back. Yeah. But when they replaced that snobby bartender who claimed he could make any drink in the world and so the, they invented the screaming Viking. <laughs> And so everybody comes in ordering a screaming Viking and the joke could have ended there and it was good, but out of nowhere, Woody comes out and he goes, do you want your cucumber bruised, Mr. Peterson? And he bangs it on the bar and it was just, I don't know if it was ad-libbed or whatever, but that sold it. Yeah. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. I have to think a lot of that was off the cuff because they got along so well together and you just, you just let it roll. I mean, touch upon the, the basics, but it's... Like, Curb Your Enthusiasm is so great because they just say, listen, this is all we need to cover. You guys make up the rest. As long as you say this, we're good. Do whatever you want. I, I just, I feel like Cheers sometimes was that. Between- I hope so. I'd like to believe that. Yeah. And I just, it's, but the Rebecca, the only the only season I didn't really care for in Cheers was when she and Sam were trying to have a baby together. I'll agree with that. I didn't like her. I just like the fact that it stopped being the Sam and Diane story and it became an ensemble. Yeah. And you had more Norm-centric episodes. I thought when Norm figured out that he had a tremendous flair for interior design, <laughs> that was some of the best stuff they've ever written. Yeah. Because, they, you know, they focused more on the people in the bar. They did a lot of Cliff-centric episodes, too. I don't know what to talk yeah, about I, there, man. I mean, we get the... Uh... That's pretty good. Yeah, That's pretty and good. You do a great Toy Story impression. <laughs> I'm in every Pixar scene ever. <laughs> you, you, I'm sorry. I, I rudely interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I wasn't talking. We're good. 
Um, it's, your, it's your show, George. <laughs> but it's your episode, Brad. It's not called Chatting with Crapple. <laughs> it just, that's, what, that's what this episode will be called. <laughs> Chatting with Crapple. I like that. That has a ring Please to it. Please don't call it that. All right. I will. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm bragging to the guys that I'm the one that was selected <laughs> to be on the show. And then they come out two weeks from now and it's Chatting with Crapple. Oh, that would be so funny. How about, yeah, not to me. What, what, if, what if I say uh, Brad and I make fun of Craig for two hours? Would that be a good title? That would be phenomenal, and it would immediate. You, you, you're going to see an immediate spike in your listenership. <laughs> of course, actually, of because course. every week we say, "How many ways can we call him this? How many <laughs> ways can we say he's that?" And we always find a way. You always make that quota. He is a an bottomless well of opportunity. <laughs> when you asked me to do, it was, it was his birthday. When you, when you asked me if I could roast him a little bit for his birthday, I had the best time because it's just it's one. It's so easy. Because I'm sure he loves it too, right? I mean, he 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 gets it, right? I mean, of course, he, he doesn't really get mad. He, he loves it, right? We all do. Yeah. Okay. You know, you we, have we to. got you have we roasted Matt. Now, for those of you who haven't listened to the show, we do like the Comedy Central type roasts anytime somebody has a birthday on the show. The difference is uh, those roasts they have different subjects every time, so they can write different types of jokes. <laughs> we continually roast each other year over year. And yet we still find ways to call each other fat, stupid, <laughs> lazy, and pathetic. And it, it's become like a tradition on the show. We're merciless. We just got Matt a couple of weeks ago, and he's the new guy on the show. He didn't quite have a gauge on how far we'd go. <laughs> he does now. He does now. I, <laughs> I, I, and I don't want to offend anybody on your show, but I actually, one of the jokes I made about him was, you look like the kind of guy who really enjoys the speed limit in a school zone. <laughs> And he, that sat funny with him. And then I, I made a, a few other off-color references to 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 his his preferred type. You know, I, I did a lot of things like that. We we all railed on it. Then we got on each other on top of you know those roast goes yeah. much about making fun of everybody else. You know, and I asked his Dave who had just shaved his head. They said if his wife got him and his wife got two for one Brazilians, <laughs> nice. things like that. Yeah, yeah we, 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 but it's all in good fun. Dave, Nobody, I got a coupon. Like, exactly. Could you imagine? <laughs> I don't think I'd want a Groupon for anything like that. <laughs> I, uh, we, we enjoy it. making fun of each other's good spirit. I always, always race to believe. Don't worry about me making fun of you. Worry about the moment I stop. I've always because that it. means I, I don't care, you know? That's kind of the vibe we have. No, don't get me wrong. A couple of the jokes we got on that hit hard. <laughs> there was a couple where that was more groans than, you know, like, oh, did he just do that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check it out. It's over at needlesstosaypodcast.com. Ooh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, you, you hit something because I, I feel the same way because when I'm making fun of somebody, I, I'll, if I'm making fun of you, that means I like you. If I'm not, right. you know. I mean, that's... That's why I can't make fun of people I hate because I just um, I'll mean it. It won't be joking. I will be actually be serious. <clears throat> so it's, exactly, it's, yeah. It's it's te- I, that's why I love. I, I have listened to your show. I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I've listened to at least five or six of them. And uh, sometimes I listen to it the Alexa at night to fall asleep, and I'll 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 put it on. No, I really do. Not, that sounded like a dig, actually, but I do it for a lot of podcasts. I I, I just fall asleep to the podcast. Um, it, it, you gotta, you gotta change this show name to "Losing Friends with." <laughs> All right, done, done. <laughs> Starring Brad. Uh, but I mean, we we were gonna roast you. 
when we uh the night we were gonna do the show with you we had a few oh did you that would have been awesome yeah we're gonna get you down to the garage uh you know i don't know what your comfort level is uh with socializing or anything but <laughs> i'm good you're, you're in the, I'm no good. i mean like with covid i'm not I'm va- I, no i have a va- i got vaccinated for my flight to to michigan then the door is open anytime you want to come down yeah yeah trip. make the trip we'll we'll roast you we'll uh We'll feed you. I'll, I'll go stock the cooler with V8. <laughs> Not the and, tomato and, juice, though. The sparkling energy. Uh, sparkling. That's <laughs> how. That's how I look at you, George. A, a pile <laughs> of sparkling energy. I kind of like that. That's good. I mean, it's no. You, it's no elderberry, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> you have all the energy I expect from the <laughs> yes. Matthews enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. That's why I left out the name intentionally because I'm like he's gonna bust my balls for that one, but. Yeah, I'm sure you heard. I, I am. I am curious about you know. You're a fan of the Dave Matthews, but yes. I've seen them once, and I'm pretty sure this concert's still going. <laughs> the same song, actually. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what song they played that night for <laughs> three and a half hours. <laughs> but they um, did. The, the best of what's around was the soundtrack of my college years. Yes, and just to date myself a little bit, uh, and that so that song holds a special place in my heart. But the rest of them. He can go out with Fish and all these other jam bands and and never come back and I'm fine with it. So don't think for a minute that if when we get a chance to roast you that Dave Matthews won't be on the menu. It has to be. I mean, how could it not? And I, I if it wasn't, I'd leave. In all honesty, it has to be there. No, I, I get it totally. I'm actually flying tomorrow out there to to go see him Wednesday night. Where where at? Uh, Michigan, the the Pine Knob. It's the equivalent of our Twitter Center. I don't know if you have an equivalent of that. Do you, you, where do you go for your concerts, or do you go? I'll go to. I, I guess it's the Twitter Center. Oh, she's they, Xfinity they now. It's the Xfinity Center now. Xfinity. It was Great Woods. Yeah, all different things. I, you know, it's funny. I've been living up in New England for fifteen years, and you'd think I just moved here. <laughs> You know, I, I the way people up here like give directions, it's like, yeah, go past the abandoned Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, something. There was a supermarket here called Almax or something. And I, I still feel like a deer in headlights because I, I was raised in New York and it's a very different vibe. Three hours away, but worlds away. It's a very strange vibe up here. How long are you in New York? Well, I grew up there. So till like till 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 did you graduate New York? High I graduated high school, high school in New York, and then I moved to Maryland to go to college, and then I went back to New York City. So I was—I I consider myself a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker, but I'm a Mets fan, so I'm the kind of New Yorker oh. that people up here accept. It's, I mean, it could be a Yankees fan. You want to really take shots at me? See, I respect Yankees fans. Why? They don't respect each other. That's why I like them. They cancel They're, each other out. <laughs> they're like negative ions yeah, right. it's like when you put the batteries together at the same time they're pushing you against it it's, it's just like that yeah uh the the yankees i don't want to get too into this but the yankees annoy me as an organization because where they're located they've maintained their presence in the south bronx which is a fairly low economic area and that they price themselves out of existence for anybody living in the area there are kids growing up right outside that stadium that could not possibly afford to go to a ball game even on a tuesday night they couldn't afford to go to a ball game. It's a hundred bucks for a ticket. It's a hundred dollars to park. You know, hot dogs nineteen dollars. A beer is twenty two fifty. I think. Like the the cost of going to a ball game is so exorbitant in a Yankee stadium. I'm like, again, read the room. You're in the South Bronx. Be there for your for your for your community. And they're not. The Mets are across town over in Queens, and they do discount nights. You can get in for free with a can of Pepsi on Wednesdays. They maintain the family friendly. Still expensive. 
but it's not like going to Yankee Stadium. So the, the, the Yankees as an organization are disgusting. And uh, that's why I moved to New England, to find people who hate them as much as I do. <laughs> You're home. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I went to Yankee Stadium for the first time a couple of years ago, and I know exactly what you're talking about because as soon as you step off of, of the Yankees' uh, premises, if you will, it's it's the Bronx. I mean, it's that's under that subway that you always see in movies. It's 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 everything you think you picture the Bronx to be, but there's a gorgeous stadium right there for some reason. It's I just think it's it's not appro- not appropriate. It's not uh, it doesn't fit. I don't think it, it, it stands out. The old one stands out. Yes, it, it stood out. It, it had the fencing in the the background in the outfield. It was okay. Uh, the new one, they have to. They do you really need to put the giant letters Yankee Stadium <laughs> in the outfield in case you didn't know where you were that evening? Right, right. I, I think did. everybody. There's they half the people are waking up from a three three day bender, <laughs> and they wake up in Yankee Stadium. That's probably the only way they got in. I did. I did enjoy though. This is you'd think I love trains, but what, with what I'm going to tell you. But I was on the third base side, uh, first row balcony, and across the way you could see they have a they put out they have a, like a hole cut out almost so you can see the train as it goes by. Uh, the, the, I don't know if it's a subway, but it was just really cool because it, it it was it would go through during the game and it was just I don't know I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but no, no, it's just the neighborhood. That's oh, okay. just where it is. Yeah, that's that, that's the elevated train over there. You know, it, it's it's fun neighborhood to go out there because they got a couple of really good Irish bars, like right outside the stadium. And and from what I gather, it's a great place to see a ball game, and sight lines and everything. But I, I I've always felt that baseball was supposed to be the exception to the rule when it came to sports and entertainment. That was the one game where you could take a family of four, mm. you know, for a relatively low cost. And now today with these salaries and everything else, which is a whole, another whole podcast, but that really upsets me. I, I grew up here and I, I'm relegated to taking my kids to minor league games, which is fun, but it's not the same thing. It's not going to Fenway. I would love to take my kids to Fenway Park. I was just going to say because Fenway is, ex- is expensive as well. I mean, I, I, I have, I'm better off going to concerts at Fenway than I am at, to go to ball games. It's crazy. I went once, and I, people were a lot skinnier back then. I sat my. <laughs> I, now, I'm not a tremendously big guy. I'm, I'm painting this picture like I'm this 400 pound behemoth. No, I'm you're not, not. You're not. You're not. I'm not. But it, it's it, the people there were obviously very skinny, and they came to with suits and dresses and hoop skirts. I don't know what people <laughs> wore back in the 1920s, but they'd sit there. It was very narrow. All the seats faced forward. Nothing. Fa- they didn't all face home plate which made it very awkward because you spent half the game craning your neck. Yes. But when you're in Fenway park, you feel like you're in a museum. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I almost can justify the higher cost of ticket because they have what the second lowest attendance in baseball, not in terms of people going, but capacity. Yes. Like, so they have to make up for that to keep pace with the rest of major league baseball. I almost justify, I think it's almost like going on a field trip to a museum and there's a ball game at the end of it. <laughs> That's your treat. You can just, you have to bring your own elderberry cause it took like 40 bucks for that though, isn't it? As long as they're not playing the Mets, I root for the Sox all the way. Is that true? Yeah. I, I started getting into baseball in 86. Oh, hell of a year, hell of a year to be a Mets fan. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I, but I had a lot of respect for that Boston team and all of the Boston team since then. I, I have, even with the Alex Cora nonsense a few years ago, obviously that ended well. He's back. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I just, I've got a soft spot for new England, which is why we ended up here. Is that true? 
Yeah, yeah, I've always loved the the vibe. Maybe it was Cheers. I don't know. Oh, that is kind of that's right. You Cheers is your favorite show too. I, I like going up to Boston. I like a walking city if there ever was one. What's that? New York, they take a cab everywhere, yeah. Uber everywhere. You don't the subways. You you don't walk anywhere in New York. Do here. That's true. When's the last time you were in Boston? A couple of years now. Uh, I was up in Cambridge. I was uh, at MIT for a conference. I decided to just get a hotel room. And sure enough, what did I do? I took the cab over and I went to Cheers. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> or the Bull and Finch? Like the well, it's they call it Cheers now. Faneuil Hall. Oh wait, they call yeah. it. No, they call it Cheers. The one at the Bull and Finch. Is, they call it Cheers. Bull and Finch. Yeah, it's Cheers now. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Actually, decent burger. Uh, <laughs> I, I went on it. It was a Wednesday night, so it wasn't crowded. It was nice. I could actually sit at the, the bar and go in and out it as I went. It wasn't crowded with tourists. It was nice. That is pretty cool. I think they took the chairs out of Faneuil Hall, like the what that was actually called Cheers, the tourist oh, version yeah. of Cheers, I should say. Oh, that had the uh, fake norm at the stool, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gone. I haven't been to Faneuil Hall in years, so I, I don't know what's there now. Well, how far are you from Boston? I realize I know very little about what, what, what you're doing. Thanks for having me. But. <laughs> <laughs> a little over an hour into it. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, no, um, of course. No, I, I, I've always wanted to have you on. I just didn't, I, I don't know, just different things come up. <clears throat> but um, I am about, I would say, 20 minutes south of Boston. Are you like the Bridgewater area? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, we are neighbors. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. You can make it down here. Oh, You've got to come down. you got to come down. I've already met. Enough. I already know how long it's, it's only going to take. It's going to take under two hours for me to get there. I think it's like an hour and a half. I, I looked at it because I thought before. Hour and before, a half? You, you'd be here in 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. All right, yeah. I drove up to Wellesley last week, and I did it in under an hour. You, to Wellesley? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Abington's, here's the thing. It takes me a half hour to get to a highway from here. It's insane. I'm, I mean, this, this is... I grew up in Stoneham where there's, we have two highways in Stoneham. There's 93 and 95 in it. And here, I have nothing. I have to drive 20 minutes to Route 3 to drive another 20 minutes to 93 or 95. Or if I go south, which I would be, it'll take me probably a half hour to get to four, uh, 24, which will take me to 490. It's just a pain. But, no, you went all highway. That's the difference. You got, you got off... Wellesley's off of a highway, too, isn't it? Off the pike? George, nobody made you move right next to a train track. There's a reason they put a train track away from the highways. That's so they can go and speed through and not bother anybody except that one guy who has to live there. No, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, you make a valid point, but still, my point is valid also because it takes me a long time. No, it's uh, that's the only part I don't like about Abington. It's 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 good. It's good in that aspect, but it's not. Well, we'll definitely get you down. You can even stay the night. I just can't have you in the house because, you know, the kids and all. Of course. Cause, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I did my time. My, I, I only had to do 90 days, so I'm good. I'm no, gonna... it's just they've never seen somebody with no eyebrows, and it, it, that concerns them. <laughs> no eyebrows. <laughs> that's Sorry, awesome. I had to make this funny again. We were talking about highways for 10 minutes. We yeah. Back on point. See, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. but you once told me. Now here's a funny thing. I'm gonna throw this back at you because you went and you were probably joking, but you made the joke. You said um, I listened to your show and I, I listened to it and, and God damn it, I, I really love hearing about horses. I didn't think I'd ever want to hear a conversation about horses, but I loved that conversation about horses. That's what you said to me. 
It's the truth, honestly. <laughs> and I, I credit you, you know, and I'm not just blowing sunshine for the sake of blowing sunshine. But when I saw your concept and you were interviewing people that probably at the time only your friends knew, or you, you, you're interviewing your friends. Yes. And, yes. and I said, wow, how's that going to work if nobody knows who they are? <laughs> You've managed to turn them into celebrities, personalities. And, you know, again, I want to hang out with Lori. <laughs> and, and everybody she's in I, Rhode I Island you could it's honestly what you're doing is great and I, I credit you with that I really do I think you have a way of bringing out the best you can make a non-topic into a topic like highways you, you want to well <laughs> maybe not highways I'm not really into roadway humor right we did a roadway episode once on needless to say had the shit can that that, that was not <laughs> just not gonna work uh no, I, I give you guys a lot of credit uh, both you and your guests because you you you've managed to make it an intriguing show for people who don't know you. Oh, and that's, that's an impressive thing. Well, I appreciate that. Sure thing. Sure thing. Don't get cocky. I'm over here drink. I'm tipping my sparkling energy drink right now as we speak. That's how, that's how arrogant gotta, I am right now. You got a stone cold that crash two of them together and dump them at the same time <laughs> all over your face. That's right. <laughs> put the, put the H six out of, out of, out of the way though. First, and that's what I thought happened. I didn't realize when you explained to me the mic mishap at Rhode Island, I thought it was. Ugh. No, I know. I'm sorry to bring it up again. But but you, I didn't know exactly what happened. <laughs> that was so great. Ugh, this again. Uh. <laughs> it, 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 it's hard. We had so many interviews there. And that's what killed me. I thought that if we had gotten that audio live, that might have been a game changer episode for us yeah where we might have gotten recognized on a on a larger scale our podcast is interesting we have downloads in every state in the union we have downloads across the world i want to know who the hell these people are <laughs> we have regular downloads in like indiana as soon as an episode goes live within minutes somebody downloads us in indiana who are you right i want to know you Reach out to us. Every episode, we give them an email address, social media. We tell them, reach out to us. Nobody does. But there's somebody, there's somebody in Alaska. I don't know who these people are, but they're checking. They want to hear Craig talk about flooring. No, they don't. And they want to hear Dave talk about his kids. And they want to hear me complain about dead people. <laughs> you know, And, and somehow it, we're resonating on that level. And I really thought Comic-Con would have been that episode for us that put us in a bigger bigger space and uh you know craig shit the bed and and we, we all have to live with it now <laughs> and then we have guys like you who keep bringing it up <laughs> well like, well no but I, I was actually i was excited because not excited but i was happy because i didn't i thought that craig just screwed up like he deleted no. everything like that's what i mean that's what i'm that's what i was trying to tell you is that it's not it, i learned something today because i really thought that's what happened i didn't realize that you had it it just wasn't usable it, it, I don't want to get too deep into this, but it, basically there's the monaural microphones or I feel monodirectional and then there's the unidirectional mics. We had unidirectional mics that we used in my garage and it contained space because there was no ambient noise. When we switched and tried to use them at Comic, kind of picked up every sound near and far. Oh. And so the, somebody burping you know, 18 feet away was as loud as Craig talking directly in front of the microphone. I apologize for so, that once, Brett. I apologize for that once. I'm sorry. I apologize to you for the greatest Lou Ferrigno impression <laughs> nobody ever heard. Nobody ever heard. Uh, I mean, it, it was special because we were right next to the Friday the 13th guys. Or no, the Nightmare on Elm Street guys. <laughs> and the, the, this Nightmare on Elm Street, like, 
dress up guy. He does parties and like bachelor parties and things. Nice guy, whatever. But you're over there doing a little Ferrigno, and underneath all that latex mask, he was laughing his ass <laughs> off. Well, you know how I started doing that. First of all, I bumped into Lou Ferrigno and Mick Foley at my elevator. I think I told you that because I took yeah. I took a picture with Mick Foley. Lou looked at me like he wanted to punch me in the face, but I think that's how he looks at everybody. Well, this we we wanted to tell you this. We were going to save it, but we actually also ran into Lou Ferrigno, and he actually told me. He goes, "You're the guys that do the podcast." Somebody told him what's up. <gasps> Is that true? I he did. He did. We were backstage. We were heading out for the day, and he was coming out of that elevator and walking through and he goes you're the guys doing the podcast huh i'm like oh crap i just pissed off the hulk did, did you really say that though so he actually knew who he knew who we were we, we were wearing our gear like our logo and everything and he said you guys are the ones doing the, doing the podcast yes that happened yeah no it, I'm, I'm not proud of that <laughs> it's real real good to be a tough guy behind a microphone but i don't care if he's 78 years old no man, of course could, not. man would pound me into a powder <laughs> He is. He is. He's still huge. He's not even like a shell of his old self. Like you see all the wrestlers who have taken like Sting, uh, Lex Luger. Lex Luger looks like I don't know what okay, he. Well, Lex Luger's sick. You, you, you miserable bastard. Why on earth would you? He's got like MS or something. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm trying to fit in, Brad. You've turned this into a real crap hole. Man. <laughs> a real crap hole. No, the wrestlers, I had a tough time with the wrestlers. You know, not, we're going all over the place, but whatever. Let's let it go. I uh, was in line. To <laughs> Welcome to my NWO. show. Exactly. <laughs> I was in line to meet the NWO. They were my heroes. Yeah. I thought the NWO was the coolest gimmick in wrestling. And while I'm in line, there's a wrestler named Nathan Jones across the room who had been more or less in hiding. He had a very short run in WWE, and then he disappeared. He didn't like the lifestyle, and he didn't like the toll it was taking on his body. So he, he retired. So when he showed up at run on Comic-Con, he was a draw simply because he had been like this hermit. And the NWO guys had a relatively small line, and they were sitting there, and it was almost like they were in character, trashing this man. <laughs> and I got out of line, and one of them asked me, like, why, why are you leaving? I'm like, because of that. And I said, what the hell's wrong with you? They were mocking their fans. I'm like, you guys really do believe that this is real. Your characters mattered. You guys were a bunch of cartoon characters. And it, it, it affected my fan fandom of wrestling. Is that, are you being serious right now? It really hurt me. And, you know, and I'm at an age where I don't tolerate. There's no reason for that. To, to mock people who are just trying to get by. <laughs> Everybody there is collecting the same 50 bucks in autograph. You know, what makes you better than them? You're all in the same ballroom. A little strange that they, but they were acting like they were in the NWO. <laughs> they were pointing fingers and, and, and laughing at everything. It was, it was strange. It was strange. I realized these guys have no life beyond this. It's kind of a sad lifestyle, really. This isn't a bit, is it? No. Wow. That actually happened at Comic-Con. No kidding. You want me to do bits? I can do it. No, I know. You, well, I thought you were. No, I really, I, <laughs> no. I was waiting for, I, I was, that, I really thought you were, because I'm like, you've heard your show, right? But no, I know it's no different. Problem. I know it's different. I know it's different. No punchline. No punchline. Uh, yeah, wrestlers were jerks. But I, I was ready to pay 150 bucks to take a photo with three over the hill wrestlers. <laughs> That's the I problem, thought. Man. I thought it'd be great, and then I got out of line. I made a point of it. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do. I stood my ground. <laughs> God, I'm I, sure I ruined their afternoon. I'm sure I did. You, what he should have <laughs> done was say, "Needless to say, I won't be staying in this line any longer." 
I just did the chop motion to my crotch. Oh yeah. And I, and I walked out. Tell him to suck it. <laughs> I, I don't think I could say suck it without screaming. You have to, you can't you know, like, I couldn't just go up to somebody and be like, dude, suck it. He, I, no. I couldn't. That doesn't sound. It's, it's creepy. Suck it. You got to suck it. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love those guys. Degeneration X. They were the best. Oh, if there if there was ever a way to end this episode, we really should tap out and suck it. <laughs> we will, we will, <laughs> we'll go back to it. But have you seen? There's a there's a show on. I forget the channel, but it's accessible. It's free. It's it's the China story. I think it's Vice. Um, it's called China or something like that. And they she filmed the last couple of years of her life, and they were going to make something out of it. Well, they did, but um, it's an amazing biography. Like you think you know China. But you just—I learned so much. You, I want to see that one, and also, have you watched Dark Side of the Ring? I love Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, that, that to me is the best series, wrestling or not. Yeah. Oh, they you do know, football Chris, too. Yeah, uh, but the the Chris Benoit story. Oh, two episodes, fantastic! Oh, unbelievable stuff. So yeah, I'm going to check out this channel. Obviously, we all know she got into porn. Right. You know, she was clearly an unhappy person. And how could you be happy? I mean, she had made so many modifications to her body in an attempt to be more feminine. Yeah. You know, and you know, all joking aside, I've come across as a bit callous. I definitely do on our show. But the truth is, you never want to hear that somebody has to shave their jaw. Right. To feel comfortable in their identity. She was Jay Leno, though. She had to. I, she was rough looking. I mean, she she did not draw a good card. I think bodybuilding was the only path she could have taken where her structure would have felt normal to her. Yeah, and she was a tremendous physical specimen. She was a great athlete. Yeah, she was a great athlete. She was decent on the microphone. Yeah, she could actually she did the business well. But the more and more you look back at her, and you look back at a lot of that era of wrestling, you realize Vince McMahon is no different than a carnival barker advertising a bearded woman. No. Or a seven hundred pound man, you know he was he was he made a freak show, and she she paid the price. What bothers me most about all of it is the fact that they uh, how they distance themselves from her. Yeah, she did pornography, and I get you want to run a quote unquote family friendly company, <laughs> which is funny. I, oh, please! The, the idea that family friendly wrestling exists. We tell our kids day in and day out: solve problems with words, not violence. And then they have a PG-rated wrestling show where they do the exact opposite. You want to try to sell me on family friendly? Shut your mouth. <laughs> so stupid. But they, they distanced themselves from her, and they didn't support her the way they've supported drug addicts in the past, and and uh, it's even some domestic violence cases they've accepted back. But because she chose to do adult films, she was persona non grata, and uh, I think that's why she killed herself. I really do. Well, find out the bio- it's it's great because it's not like a biography like A and E where they tell you what they think happened in some instances or they talk to other people. This was actually her because she they literally filmed her life. I mean, she they how would, much did how much did they get into the adult film? I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, no, it's okay. They, they they covered it. I, I don't know the exact percentage. It's I think it's a two hour doc, and it's a good part of it. It's it's. Because it affected her the most, it hurt her the most. So they, she, she regretted it. Um, I don't. I'm not going to give away the ending. Or you, well, you know the ending, but um, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> you know how it ends. I'll save you that. I'll spare you that. Spoiler alert. There was no post credit scene. Huh? Was, <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. That's the that's the rub. No, the um, it, but it was just it was it was amazing because they did talk to other people as well, but but it's it's basically her telling her story with not even knowing it. You know what I mean? 
Like it's, porn is crazy. You know, I, we joke about pornography a lot on our show, and and we all joke about how much we watch, and because we're just guys being guys. But, yeah. You know, the truth is, porn and and strip clubs and all that ended for me the instant I had a daughter. Oh, I bet. The, yeah. the, that that all ended, and you know, you get that they all go in to porn thinking this is empowering. I'm taking control of my life. I'll make my own hours. I'll do my own film i'll start my own studio next thing you know i'm I'm running a a company like in boogie nights and in in reality what happens is the exact opposite and we all know that i the fact that somebody was on top of the world was a pop culture figure we'll call her an icon but she was a figure she people knew her outside of wrestling and yet by the end of it painkillers depression and predictable endings and it's it's sad it's sad yeah and she was, I'm bringing shit down. Come on, let's talk about decks. All right. Speak, <laughs> speaking of bringing, speaking of bringing things down, uh, let's talk about highways again. That was great. So how about yeah. that? How about that '93? Huh? Woo! What a, what a beauty! What a patch job! What a, <laughs> seriously? No, but the, the China thing was good because in Japan, I mean, pardon the pun, she was huge, literally and figuratively. Everyone right. loved her. She was great, but the the the, bet, the dark side of the wrestling. I'm trying to think. If there was another episode that I I didn't know anything about, and I learned so much. Oh, the Von Erich brothers. That watch was a good that one. one. I did. No, I've seen oh. them all. I've seen them all. I have. I, I watch it religiously, and um, and same thing, same story. I, I'm not going to get into it because I'm really pain, painting myself as a downer, man. But <laughs> it's um, it, tough business, man. I you know we're all sitting there pointing, laughing. Wow, look at that guy flip. That guy lands on his head. His life is over. Yeah, if that if, the, if that guy doesn't catch him the right way, his life is over. And yet he feels the need to go over and above what he did the night before, because otherwise the ratings will drop. Right. Or I won't sell as much merchandise. And you're only as good as your last show. You know, it's so cliched. Well, that, that, that dude who did the I forget his name, but he did all the extreme stuff with the light bulbs and the he ruined his life. But he, he was like, this is the best. I don't care. Do you remember that what one? Was that? What was, no, I, was I can't that? Th- I can't think of his name because I don't know. I didn't know him before. It wasn't New Jack, was it? Because he just- no, no, no. It wasn't New Jack, but that was a good one too. Um, yeah, uh, this dude was a white dude. He was uh, he did just extreme stuff. He never made it to the WWE or WWF at the time. He, um, oh, I forget what I, I can't remember his name, but it was it was one episode, and and he have you seen them all? It was the last season. It was season three. I haven't seen them all. No. Oh, okay. So you maybe just missed that one, but. Uh, like he's one. He's just one. At the end, he's just a shell of himself. He's been in jail. He's he's a complete drug addict because of all the pain he's in. But he's like, I do it again. W- would you really? Crazy. You know, it's, it's like chasing a high. Yeah, I think these guys to them, it's a high. Even if you're playing a VFW hall for 15 people, if those 15 people are chanting your name and you you are the headliner. Yes. You know, you once did arenas like. There was that documentary years ago, Beyond the Mat, and they covered Jake the Snake Roberts. Loved it. Fantastic. Yeah, and Jake the Snake Roberts, you know, was he was never the guy in the WWF at the time, but he was, in my opinion, the best guy there. Yeah. He worked. He, he had a different sinister vibe about him. And to watch him with his giant beer gut, hairy shoulders, <laughs> okay, he's on his fourth snake that month. Right. You know, because they, they're all dying in his room. They're getting into his heroin or whatever. And he's playing like this, what looks like a rodeo hall in the middle of Arkansas. <laughs> and everybody there is just showering him with love. And to him, that's no different than WrestleMania. That's no different than 100,000 people. It's You don't get into wrestling because your life is going well. <laughs> wrestling and porn, I, right. 
Yeah, I, I I don't think anybody grew up and said I'm going to fall on my head for a living. <laughs> Did you see but, his Dark Side of the Ring, Jake's? No, not yet. It not was, yet. I got a lot of TV to catch well, up on. If you listen to our show, Craig just watches TV. The, and I, go. I'm sorry. Who am I hearing? Oh, someone. I'm in an open garage. People walk by. Like earlier, I remember earlier in the podcast, I said, "How you doing?" to some guy, and he was stopped. You thought I was talking to you for a second. That happens. We get walk-ons. We get dogs to come in. We get trains. We, we do. You got a special guest. There will be hop-ons. I don't know if you watch Arrested Development. You mentioned Arrested Development a couple times. I don't know if you were referring to the show, but there will be hop-ons. You just have to. If you do nothing else before this is all over for you, I want you to make sure that the Amazon guy comes in, sits down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. He's not in a time crunch or anything. You should see him here. He's miserable. <laughs> it doesn't even go to the doors he just leaves them all at the bottom you gotta fend for yourself awesome but I, I want to say Bruiser Brody is the one that I didn't know anything about and I watched his dark side of the ring because I, I, the first season I kind of pick and chose but then it was so good I went back to watch them all because they're just all great no matter who it is and Bruiser Brody have you seen his or do you even know him because I didn't even I, I, it, he's one of those guys where the name is the legacy yeah I don't know anything about him watch it it's amazing Seriously, they're they're all amazing, but that you know what you've you've just defined my Saturday. That's it. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell, tell my family to go screw today because frankly, I was going to do that anyway. That's right. Now, but, they can but, blame me but, though. It's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get mad at my daughter constantly because she ruined porn for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Little and, does she know. Right. I thought of that for a second. I'm like, what is he? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> How old is your daughter now? Can you say or no? Do you not want to? Uh, let's just say she's a, a new teenager and okay. she is, she acts like she's been doing this a long time. <laughs> you just described every teenager. Yeah. She, well, you know, it, it, I get that there's the cliches about teenagers and everything. I have particularly tough ones. And you, t- you ever like wake up on a Saturday and wish it was Monday? Never. Yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of there. <laughs> Not even get out of there. Just have something to focus on. Oh, take my now I've got to go. I, I mean, in a couple of minutes, I have to go upstairs and I'm going to go be dad. And I'm going to go up there with a bright smile and a cup of coffee. And, and again, embrace this weekend with my family. Fake it till you make and, it. And then eight minutes later, I'm going to want to put her face into the wall. <laughs> and it's, she tests me. She knows how to push my buttons. Yeah. Now, admittedly, because I'm so ragingly immature, as you'll see on <laughs> needless to say podcast.com. Ah. Yeah, we are, I'm good at plugs, man. That's good. But uh, I, I, we get so ragingly immature that sometimes my kids think I'm lowering myself and I'm, I'm not being dad anymore. <laughs> and so they start screwing with me. And every now and then I've just got to, like, my son's eight. And I just throw him into the, the other room. And I'm like, let's not forget how much I outweigh you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not there yet, kid. Me and Dave both have kids similar ages. And we both agree that, like, when our sons turn 18, we're going to fight. <laughs> Like when, when the time comes, I'm just going to crack him in the face and be like, "You earned it." That's right. It's a- yeah, that's for, that's for 18 years, prick. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great. I love that. That's awesome. I just can't wait to get you 18. Oh boy, <laughs> that's awesome. That said, George, I I can't believe I'm going to be the first guest in the history of your show that that has to tap out early, but I do have to go do exactly what I just said. So. If it's all right with you, I'd love to wrap up. Of course. What are we? What are we calling? Do you, you want me to pick the name, or you want to? You want to do it? I'll let you have it. I, I think. Why don't you just give it a normal name, <laughs> but but uh, shitting down crap holes with Brad from Needless to Say. Done. <laughs> or something like that. No, don't do anything. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Off of Apple. No, I'm teasing. Uh, 
I can't thank you enough for having me. This is the first time any one of us really kind of got out and got a chance to talk, talk shop and talk about things other than what we cover on our show. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we can find some crossover. I think the world of your guests, and I hope they'll come check us out over at where, George? That's Crapholdcom. <laughs> no, that domain's been taken. Oh, crapholdnet That's what it was. That's it. That, edu. Needless to say, .com. Available needless on say, needless, all the major ones, say, right? Needless to say, podcast.com. Oh, needless to say, podcast.com. And you are, you are on all the major ones, not just Apple, correct? We are everywhere you can get uh, podcasts. You can, uh, I think Spotify has been the best for us, but uh, our website has every possible platform that you know and five that you don't. <laughs> it's just amazing, amazing website we've got. Needless to say, podcast.com. Because we tried for a longer URL, but we, th there was a line <laughs> break. <laughs> you need six letters, a number, a capital, an exclamation point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I tried so many different uh, you know, combinations to try to get something that worked, but honestly, this is it. Uh, it's a good site. It's got every episode we've ever had. It's got uh, the ability to subscribe, to leave comments. Uh, we really hope you, you guys check us out. But behind all the, the crass humor and everything, there's four good guys who are really just enjoying having a good time. And occasionally, if you catch us at the right moment, we make a salient point. Wow. But you got to pay attention, though. Well, you got to go dig deep. Those are deep cuts. <laughs> deep cuts. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of Dave Matthews concerts, the deep cuts. Okay, I like it. Exactly. Exactly. I'd like to think we're the best of what's around. Oh. No. Hi -oh. We're definitely not. Oh, God, you got to end there. <laughs> <laughs> Fading quick. Thank you, Brad, so much. I appreciate it. I can't, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And we'll do this again. <laughs>